all of a sudden I just felt my back go. Because at the time I was learning, I was getting more heavily into breaking yeah. and I was starting to really develop. <sighs> and I was um, learning tracks, I think they call them yeah. grubs as well. Um, just ignore it to begin and, with. And and just... Yeah, I was, it was just a twinge. Yeah. And, you know, you, you, especially as us as men, yeah. You know, we, you know, you don't take pain seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what's that? Well, you yeah. know, just brush that off your And there's shoulder. a doctor's? There's a thing yeah. for that? Oh, yeah, 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 exactly, <laughs> exactly. So we were um, warming up and I was moving tables and these tables were quite heavy. I was trying to help them out. I was thinking I shouldn't be doing yeah, this yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. And then I just remember in the middle of the show, I went, my back just went and I went to do some footwork on the floor and it's like my legs wouldn't work. You need the Kellervision app. 24-7 mini documentaries, podcasts, live shows, DJ live streams, top fives, subscription packages, plus products for all your podcasts and street culture sports. Download it from the App Store for free today. Ladies and gentlemen, Killer Keller Podcast, reporting live, central London, as central as you need to be. Big shout out to all the, the supporters, the people that are sharing, caring, doing all the duties. 400 plus podcasts and we're only just getting started, baby pa. Hold tight to everyone that's got the Kellervision app, free download, iPhone, Android, for your street culture, sports, whether it's mini docs, full docs, DJ mixes, or the notorious podcast, we got you. Um, big shout out to our sponsors, the mighty Hoddle Warriors crew over at the Crypto Moon Boys hideout. That's some NFT business for you. Um, <laughs> it's just a, it's a beautiful day. It really is a beautiful day. I have best day. I have days where I get teleported with dear friends into areas of my life where I think to myself, man, that just, that was another heyday. That was another thing. That was another time. And this time we're going to, rapidly coming forward to us into a 2023 plus fashion. Um, It starts here with one of the originating guys, one of the people in my mind that helped set precedence in what I understand as being the truest form of hip hop culture. Uh, A study was I as a young man uh, with the likes of this gentleman, Sin Stars, born to rock, body popping, locking and hip hopping all over the place without question and inspiration to me and to a lot of the UK scene. Zia inside the place. <laughs> <laughs> Should we go home now? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's, get done. let's go to the pub. How are you? I'm good, brother. Good. Blessed. Doing my thing. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, yeah, just hustling. Just uh, getting ready to... Um, I'm going to be performing down at the National Theatre in a new musical, um, Standing at the Sky's Edge. So, gearing myself up for that because I haven't been on stage for three years due to the pandemic. Mm. I've done other acting work and stuff, but. Um, acting, guys. I mean, let's just make this clear. Z, Z, he's an actor. You know what I mean, <laughs> he's a performing theatric. What they call? What do they call them? The, the, what the, the thespians? Thespians, darling. darling. <laughs> My culture sh- shining through this, um, dude. I love that versatility that you hold, and you're able to transfer from one extreme art form to another. Because mm. I'll be real with you, I've attempted to do the acting thing. Like, the scripts of me just do not m- match. Yeah. That's something else, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things. I mean. I mean, this is where hip hop comes into it as well, because I believe it was really, you know, just hip hop in general performing that made me take that next step. Because it was always, 
it was always something I wanted to do. Mm. Um, but then you get talked out of it by your parents. Uh, my mum used to say to me, don't go into this. This is a starving profession. Fear, um, fear, fear is a big You know, because your parents yeah. want the best for you and they want you to have a steady income, you know. Uh, but, you know, I, I, it never went away, mm. even though I went off and did other things and I studied psychology. It's old, isn't it? It's yeah, I became a, a counselling psychologist in training. Really? Yeah, yeah. I did a degree in psychology. Then I started to study a master's in counselling psychology. Right, OK, so at this point I must break and just yeah. tell you about yourself because I do feel, and this is something... As somebody growing up in the culture, the way mm -hmm. I did at the time, there are mentoring. There's people that are mentors. Mm -hmm. And one thing about you, which I always admired, was your patience and your the, your articulation and how you explain things and the yeah. way in which you... Do you know what I mean? And Thank I, you. You saying that totally resonates with me here. Mm. That, that, so that was really a vocation that you were aiming for. Yeah, yeah. And this, this goes down to um, struggles I had as a teenager... You know, I battled very badly with um, with uh, anxiety and depression from about the age of 17. Um, this went on for about 10 years. In fact, it's the reason why I gave up dancing in the 80s. <laughs> you know, I had such a, a huge problem with that. You know, it, it um, took out a good 10 years of my life. <laughs> so when I overcame it and got back into everything really mm -hmm. and I did this degree I think the degree really put me back on the map because I went from being an award at school I went from being an award-winning student to um you know I won I won an award for academics and I won an award for basketball mm -hmm. so I used to be heavy into basketball Ooh, yeah. and so um in the space of a year my life just unraveled you know and um out of nowhere. Everything, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it started to build up in early 84. And then it just, I knew something was wrong, mm -hmm. you know. And I, I went to tell my mum and in a classic, classic, like almost film scene, the, the phone rang at that moment and the moment went and I just didn't say anything and just had this massive breakdown later on, you oh, know. And um, Bless you. And, and I was breaking and everything I was involved in and the whole thing just came to a, a screeching halt. So, um, you know, when I went into psychology, it was because I thought it was a good idea as a, mm. as a career option. You know, I can help people, that you, kind of thing. Living proof of... It's interesting that you diagnosed yourself that way and you were able... I mean, nothing furthers awareness than the education of understanding why you may feel that way and how... Yeah. So it's, that's a learned experience that you can take with you on your course. Yeah, yeah. Um... It was it was such a, I mean, yeah, it was such a tough time, you know, and I, I appreciated uh, when I watched Tough Tim's interview because mm. it was like, you know, he was very open about this kind of stuff. Yeah. And Big up Tough Tim, Twitter, Vince in the podcast, yeah. you know what time yeah. it is, it's on there. Yeah, his interview was, was great to watch because mm. I just loved his openness about yeah. that kind of thing, you mm. know, and... Um, yeah, it's, it's it's so prevalent in our in our culture right now. You it know really what is. I mean, and and you know, I'm part of Epic Family as well. Mm -hmm. and, uh, <laughs> you know, Savan, Vish, all those guys, mm. and they um they're very strong on the mental health thing. You know, yeah. they have a thing called the Man Down Project. I was literally on there last night. Uh, awesome. Do, Talk yeah. to me about the Man Down Project. What's well, that? Well, they do um like a Zoom call once every um they do it like I think the third Thursday of every month. And uh, we just get on there and we talk, you know, a bunch of us guys. Um, and, uh, 
Yeah, it's so good. I mean, especially during the lockdown, that thing was so good. It was such a lifesaver. Man Down Project. Yeah. Got me thinking. Man Down Project. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So. um, For creative artists, for people that obviously break dancing and and the hip hop. Well, that kind of thing is it's, it's also for anybody. We talk about everything and, and anybody's welcome, mm. you know what I mean? Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's so important because, you know, you know, even within that crew associated with, you know, more of a collective, it's a bit like Strength in Numbers. Nice. Um, it's more of a collective. Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's um, you know, they've lost people there as well, you yeah. know, rest in peace, uh, Dolphy. And uh, Afro, I mean, this guy Dolphy, you know, they held a jam in February of 2019. And I decided to do the Black Book Battle. I was like, oh, no, I'm going to get murked because they'll be, they'll be, I'm out of practice. He's a he uh, writer too. Like, no mistake. <laughs> I've like, got thought, history here. I thought, I thought We're gonna let, get into let me it. do the Black Book Battle, even yeah. though I, I reluctantly went and did it. Um, and Pride was judging TCA Pride. Wow! Yeah. Sick. So, um, and I actually ended up winning it. <laughs> but I don't think that many people entered. But I'd like to. I'd like to think that I would have won it. <laughs> Rightly so. Place on, the, on the shelf. I got, the trophy. I got to the outline, and I was like, putting, you know, especially when you're in the black book, you know, mm. you've got to put that outline on mm. first. So, you know, he just came along, and looked, and was like. Yeah, you, well, <laughs> you got it, kid. You, you know, you got some but, potential you know, there. Yeah. But yeah, you know, Dolphy, man, Dolphy. Uh, mm. He won. He won the award. I think. What did they call it? The oh, there was not chief, not chief rocker. It was they, they have a spe- special name for this. Whoever rocked the floor the best, who sort not necessarily the best dancer, but who enjoyed, kind of rocked and enjoyed themselves and gave it their all. So mm. I think he won that. And I went upstairs. I didn't really know him, but I took some pictures with him and a guy called Slick Johnny, who's part of Epic Family as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I found out a few months later, you know. Yeah. So, so nice. And, 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 you know, I'm just very passionate about men's mental health. You know what I mean? You've sailed close to the wind and you've yeah, experienced and Yeah, I'm very... Lived you know, it. I've got that empathy, and especially with guys, because guys don't want to... You know, guys turn in on themselves. Yeah. Like often women women will will talk amongst yeah. themselves, but guys, a lot of guys don't feel that they've got that space. Yeah, you know that's what right. I mean. And that's why I think things yeah. like Man Down Project is like essential. It's a podcast in itself, isn't it? Trying to get to the backbones of how men specifically think. This is what we're going to get into. You know, we're going to talk some graph, we're going to talk some b-boy, we're going to talk some uh, early raves and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, you don't just get into these clubs without having skills, technique, insight and uh, uh, as much personality as you you can. You were one of those guys and still are. um, But for its time... Uh, you were very much moving and shaking, like you said. Night, you know, the early eighties for you, on entry. What, what was that like? What was it like? And how did you, you know, how did how did this thing consume you? Hip hop. Well, even going back before hip hop, really. Really, um, we're looking at the seventies now. We're looking at the mid to late seventies. Uh-huh. Um, I learnt my first dance move. Um, I grew up with. You know, I grew up with certain people, and um, there was there was uh, somebody I grew up with, Sharon Ali and um, Freddie Muhammad, were they were at a house party. We were all kids. They were a bit older, and these two were doing this dance. Mm. Um, they called it the shuffle, 
And it was just this fast move. I, I mean, if we had the most face, I'd get up and he was just finger, He was just fingering it on the table for those <laughs> listening and not watching. But um, yeah, they, they did this move and it was the first time I systematically set out to learn a dance move. Really? Yeah, and this was... I, I'm normally good with dates, but I can't place this exactly, but I would put it about 77, possibly 78. 77. How old were you then? Um, I was, uh, what was it, 11? I was 11, I was 11 in, um, I was 11 in 77. Wow. Yes. Wow, jeez, that's so, amazing. So, so you, you, at a really early age, you were like that. No, 78, I was 11. <laughs> getting right. It's all Miss D and Sepia. But yeah, we, go on. You were there. So, yeah, and at 11 years old, like, that. I want that. That's me. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Like, not a lot of it people was, have that for an early age. Yeah, it was, um, it was, um, I saw it and it was, it wasn't even about the music because I think it was still the end I can't even remember what music they were dancing to, but it was, um, I think it was the end of glam rock or something. It wasn't anything, I don't think it was anything soulful or anything like okay. that. I can't remember what they yeah. were dancing to. But I would say 78. I mean, that's the first time I learned a move and I went back and showed it to her, you know what I mean? Um, it took me a while to figure out. But then I would say 78 was definitely like the so year I... So did you I show it to? I went back and showed it to Sharon, okay. you know. She was probably like, she was older, teenage, she was right, like, yeah, okay. yeah, whatever. And Sharon was? <laughs> Sharon actually produced, uh, she was a producer. She, she, she became a big producer. So really? she'd done the Death 2 Hip Hop special with Normski. And I remember it. her telling me the stories and telling me how she was in there with Zulu Nation. They had a massive row and it was so bad that they had to get out. Hold on, break, this is Yeah, I remember her telling me that. And then really? she told me about Rocksteady. Um, I think on that it was... Legs, uh, Wiggles, and Buck Four. Right. I think it was Buck Four, rest in peace. Oh, um, I have to go back and watch it because part of it's missing on, on YouTube, but then I've got it on video somewhere. You have it on video? The yeah. Def 2 in which... Def 2 Hip Hop Special with Normski. Yeah, so she produced that. Def 2 was a programme that was on BBC Two. Yeah. lunchtime. I think that was, was 1991 that yeah. came out. Yeah, so, I mean, this, this, was, this, yeah. Was, this was literally my, you know, my hole into the culture. And like that, mm. that for me, being on TV and... Normski and like you say, yeah. it, 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 wow. So that happened. There was there was a there was a beef within. Yeah, yeah. She she. I, I don't know the exact story. She just mentioned it to me, but I remember her telling me how they had a massive row and that the film crew had to kind of step. Really, out. that's incredible. I love and it. It was Bam, you, and, yeah. Bam and Jazzy J. All those, you know, they were really? something happened. Something, oh my something happened. Oh. But she was talking about Rockstar. She goes, they were lovely. They yeah. were lovely guys. They you beat know, Rocksteady crew all day. Yeah. Um, so she was your first go-to, and uh, after you know establishing your your moves on the floor at eleven yeah. years old, what happened then? Yeah, so I'd say Saturday Night Fever was a big thing. Oh. So that came out in the summer of seventy-eight. Right. So, um, man, when I saw John Travolta, yeah. you know, and um, he was doing the knee drops. I was trying to learn the knee drops. I mean, it's much later on I realised how much locking he was doing. Really? Yeah, he was actually doing a lot of locking in that, and and. Um, Wow. And uh, I think he was taught by Denny Terrio, uh, who was in a later incarnation of the Lockers. You know, you have the original mm. Lockers, Shabadoo, um, all those guys, Fluky Luke and everybody. Um, I think in a late, uh, they split up and then they had later incarnations. So I think the guy that t taught him, you know, was uh, in a later incarnation of the Lockers. But, um, wow, you know, uh, I just, when I saw that, you know, that was it. Yeah. And and so, 
you know, I just tried, I wanted to emulate this guy. He yeah. looked cool as well, you know cool what I mean? He had the buck four hair. He had the um, same hairstyle as buck four, you know, that, yeah. that wave. I was always trying to get that when, when I had hair. <laughs> yeah. But I could never quite get it right. Um, but yeah, I, I thought he was cool. I just wanted to be like him, yeah. you know. And I was trying to sneak into the cinema to see this <laughs> thing, man. It just wasn't happening, you know, down the road. Kilburn, mm -hmm. what's Kilburn State? It's a church now. That's right. But um, I lived in that cinema growing up, you yeah. know, that was... That was... Oh, man. But if you don't give sleep on John Travolta for his early days, I mean, I think... Well, a lot of people talk about that. Yeah, you totally. Know, it was like huge. Alien S was talking about it. And also um, Ringo, Mastermind Rockers, they were talking about the influence of yeah. that film. Course. You know what I mean? So, it's, you know, some people, I think people sort of, they're, they're, they, they consider it cheesy or they think of the white suits and they do that rock steady move, you yeah, know, like yeah. they do that move to, um, you know, to, to kind of belittle it almost. But when you really yeah. look at it, you know, even it's hustling. I mean, I hustle now. Yeah. I do the hustle dance. Um, and um, I've been learning that for the last few years, a bit on and off, you Have know. Cause you? Of, yeah. Oh, uh, God, I love you said that. <laughs> still learning, baby. Still of learning. Of course, of course. Love it. Yeah, so, um, I, I, you know, I've got into other styles, whacking, hustling. Yeah. Um, and to me, it's all one thing. Yeah. Like, I love cross-referencing it all. And um, I, love, I love to take one move from one thing and put it into another. Yeah. And, you know, just mess with things. To me... You know, like back in the day, it was all, it was so split. You know, you were a popper or you're a locker, you're this. Or even in subculturally, you you know, you were a mod, you were a, yeah, you were yeah. a soul boy, you were a rocker, mm. you know. Um, now, now in this time, it's all, you know, it's all a bit more free and easy. Mm. And then you're not going to get criticised if you're doing something that's 40 years old or whatever. Now, now everything kind of goes. And it has but, trends as well. Goes yeah, as well. yeah. But now, um, you know... I love I love cross referencing. I love taking a hustle step and putting it into breaking, which it already is in there, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, and so Saturday Night Fever really, it's like the wheels come full circle because mm -hmm. I'm doing that dance that I first saw. Even though I wasn't paying more, I was paying more attention to his solos mm -hmm. in that in that thing. Study, yeah, you know. But when I look at his hustling as well, you know, and even the like, people make fun of the white suit and all that. But even the story behind that, because he was watching this girl, he's watching this guy hustle with this girl and he was wearing a black suit. The guy was wearing a black suit and he wanted to look like this guy and dance like, you know. Huh? And um, the, I think one of the directors or somebody told him, no, don't wear a black suit, wear a white suit, you know, because you're going to stand out more, you know. For purity and... Yeah. yeah part and of so narrative. he did that. You know, he didn't want to do it, mm -hmm. you know. Um... But he did. He he reluctantly did it, and and you know, because otherwise you would have just blended into the background. Yeah. You know how it is with black. You know, yeah. Or you know, I think of I think maybe Ken Swift was saying about wearing white trainers in a mm. jam, as well. Yeah, and also know. the white gloves. I mean, it, yeah. This was and I used to rock the white gloves back in the day. <laughs> you know what? You know why I learnt the, the theory, and it actually wasn't it wasn't any breakdancing documentary. It was mm. it was um, what was his name. Uh, Lead singer Van Halen, what's his name? Dave Lee David Roth. David Lee Roth. Because he used to have it in his music videos when he was yeah. a sing solo artist. Yeah, yeah. David Lee Roth, if you don't know, he's, you know, he's a rock star of his, of his mm -hmm. age. And yeah, he had the white gloves, Mickey Mouse gloves. Yeah. And it was just designed so that that's, that's showbiz, you yeah. know? If you get to see everything and you follow the white, don't you follow the yeah. white around? Yeah. I guess yeah. that's the same with the, the Adidas back in the day and the fat laces. and Fat laces, yeah. Yeah, you know, you've got to kind of stand out. You've got to... You know, especially if it, if if you're in a dark place, mm. a dark environment. You know, mm -hmm. so 
Yeah, so Saturday Night Fever was a, a big deal. And then going, you know, just um, going to school, dancing was a big deal. I think the, box, the boxer Chris Eubanks said two ways you got respect back in the day was um, dancing and fighting, mm. you know what I mean? Mm. And um, I went to school, my brother was... Uh, my brother Sham, he was he was heavily into soul music, mm -hmm. so a lot of and he was he danced as well. He was in a, a group called Jazz Fusion, that used to there was a pub near here. Yeah. What, what's the island now? It's the island, but it used to be the Buccaneer back yes, in the day. Yes. And I remember he used to go there and dance with these guys. Jazz Fusion. Jazz Fusion. Wow. They, they used to rock. They used to, and this is pre hip hop. Yeah. They used to rock the black sweatshirt. They used to rock the black sweatshirts with the white letters. I remember. Um, but yeah, dancing was a big deal. And I remember another really um, important moment was uh, when my mother took me. My mother was a huge Michael Jackson fan. Ooh, like even he before flowers, he was, yeah. even when he was still with the Jacksons. Yeah. And she took us, she made the, took the whole family and we went to see, we went to see them at the Rainbow in, fin in Finsbury Park. No way. Which is a church now as well. Yeah, but big up the, any, anyone that knows of the Rainbow. The Rainbow, was, man. Uh, yeah. And... Um, it was such a dope concert, man. And um, the, real, the real thing, the real thing was supporting. So Can You Feel the Force by The Real Thing had just come out and they were the support act. Wow. And um, I remember Michael Jackson, he did, um, he did a routine, he did a little, I think it was Dancing Machine. It ha had to have been Dancing Machine they played. I can't remember from back then because mm. I didn't really know the tune, mm. but it had to have been Dancing Machine. And he started dancing, he started doing the robot with a strobe light on. And it looked so fantastic, oh and God. I was just blown away. My jaw was probably yeah, yeah, on the yeah, floor. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it takes an image, yeah, yeah and it just yeah. does it. It does yeah. everything that your life wants, yeah. right? Yeah. So um, I'm very grateful to my mother. Rest in peace. Mm. Taking. I still have the program from that Do concert. You? Yeah. Um, I'll say this much because you know, since that was, that was 79. Eight, 79. 79. Yeah. So you were 13. Yeah. Right? What was I then? 13. Yeah. Yeah. Um, since stars hold a, a very close, you know, close, I held very closely to my heart, should I say, mm -hmm. because uh, you you guys really opened, Kilo especially opened the mm. door to, you know, for me to discover. And mm. this was only through conversation, you understand? It's not like you took me mm -hmm. to the record store by my hand, or, but it was more, you say certain words like jazz fusion or 80s soul, rare groove, things like mm -hmm. that. This came from the mouths of people that, like yourselves. And, you know, moving forward, you know, you know, Rene and Angela, SOS band. Mm -hmm. um, fucking, yeah, like you say, the the, the, the Jacksons and... Mm. Um, it's all the stuff I've laid down the chip shop dude, and the head nut. I, I just, I, I just, I, 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 that's grown man music, man. Yeah, like, if you right, don't know about right. this, then you, you yeah. ain't gone to the right schools. <laughs> like, you guys really, you do the shit. And like you say, you DJ as well, so you're very, you're very savvy with, and you've kind of grown up in the music, in dancing, while yeah. the music's grown with you. It's yeah. beautiful. I mean, I come at DJing from a dance perspective. Like, I've paid so much attention over the years to what tunes really bang and what tunes will make people dance, you know. And, uh, and yeah, I just really, you know, I really have to look at who's in front of me and what they're doing mm. and just, you know, sometimes you have to switch your setup because, mm. you know, like, I like to start off slow and mm. build up. Yeah, me but too. But sometimes if someone's banging <laughs> certain BPM, the person who, just, who yeah. just came off, then you can't do that. Although I see so this place, yeah. you have these moments though where, okay, they're banging out some like, gabber or something, yeah. but then all of a sudden you switch it up and yeah. you know you're playing no, something. 
Yeah, no, I see what you're saying, but the problem is if you've got a bunch of people dancing there, then you've got to kind of keep the party (laughs) going. It's true, it's true. I remember one night at the chip shop, I was at Head Nod. Um, Big up the chip shop, by the way. Yeah, shout out to Mr. Higgs, Mr. Parker. Um, You know, one one night, I think it was Patrick Steele was the guest DJ, and I I wanted to start off real slow, and I'm just agonising, I'm agonising, because I've got these slow Gene Chandler record I want to drop. The ladies in the house are already bated breath ready for the tunes. He was playing house music, and and there was people up and dancing, so I just had to jettison those first few records. Yeah, yeah. And just go to the the beats, man. You know, Jettison. See what a fucking fantastic word. <laughs> see, you know, high levels here. The podcast today, <laughs> um, dude. Uh, that's the mark of a great DJ, isn't it? Being able to. Yeah, I mean, I'm work. so new to DJing. I'm a lockdown DJing, bro. You know, I. I yeah, but you know, you know selection. Yeah, that's I do. Ticket. I mean, I think that's yeah. I, I as I said, I've tried to study what you know. Mm. I mean, a good example is. Pete Rock and CL Smooth. Mm. I've always paid real attention. All they have to hear is that intro. And people lose their minds. And and I've I've just subconsciously just studying what records do, what to people, you know. um. But what is that? Because as a a breaker and as a, Mm -hmm. you know, as a dancer, Mm -hmm. um, what is that, do you think? What is it that makes the crowd, the, the, the dancers jump up? What is that essence? I think it's a lot of things. Obviously, the track in itself being dope. Mm. But I think with music, especially when you're DJing, it's really, and even dancing, you know, it's it's emotional. It's memories, yeah. you know, um, if you play a certain track. I mean, I realised the power of this one night. I was, um, I was at Chip Shop and um, I... My car was not working, it was bust it was um being fixed and it was taking ages. It mm. literally took six months for them to figure out. So I had no car for six months. Jesus. So at that time I used to have to just go on the train with my records mm. and get the last train back. So I was getting ready to leave and I thought, what's the last tune I'll play? Let me just play something meaningful. I played um what was it? Um uh Sounds of Blackness, Optimistic. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Such a dope record from the nineties. You know, record that kept everybody going yeah. back then, you know what I mean? It's such a positive record. It's a gospel record, essentially. And as I came off, because I was with my nephew, Gabriel, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm conscious that, you know, I've got to look after him and get him yeah, home safe yeah, and yeah. I've got no car, so we had to jet back on the train. And, um, and then just as I was about to leave, this guy came up to me and he said, thank you for playing that. He said, I could never listen to that record. Um, it makes me cry. My father used to... My father used to play it all the time, and he goes, "I could never really listen to it." And um, and uh, he said, 30 seconds before you played it, something like this." He said, "30 seconds before you played it, I was thinking about it, you know." And then I played it, and um, he was so grateful. And then he talked about it, you know. Every time I see him, he will mention it. And um, I mean, that's, and, and that's at that the moment, I, praise, man. That's yeah, the and praise, at, at that moment, I realized, man. It's it's so much more than just playing records. Yeah. It's deep. It's it's spiritual. Um, you gave him the peace to dance with people in celebration to a song that maybe before yeah. he was troubled by. But this is it. It's 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 emotion. It's it's connections to, and that's why I like to play records that people have an affinity to, and is gonna, you know, mm. is gonna take them somewhere mm. where they were, you know, mm. or whatever. You know, something something with memories attached, you know. 
Like I enjoy <sighs> listening to, to rare so records good. as well. Yeah. Um, a lot of DJs are heavily into the rare stuff, and I like that too. And you know who you are, you, <laughs> you big old diggers, so you. Big old diggers. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, um, you know, I, I mean, I like to play a bit of everything. Yeah. But, yeah, I especially like to, to just drop something with memories. I, I played, you know, I've been dying to do this for a while, but on my last set I finished with Yellow Man, oh. Operation Radication. Yo. I got the, the, the old 10-inch... And I've been dying to just finish. Like at I, the I, end, I did two. Yeah, I did two <laughs> sets. People. I did two sets, and the end of the first set, and it went down so, so well. Good, <laughs> dude. You know, I mean, again, even I mean, even with Yellow Man, as a kid, I used to. There was a record shop across the road from here, and when I used to get the fifty-two bus, there was a reggae record shop across the road, and um, as I used to walk out, for for some weird reason, we used to go back to go back to Neasden because we had to meet all our friends Wait, there. Hold on, so there was a record... Yeah, there's a reggae record shop <laughs> literally across the road from here. I can't do and there that. was And there was a picture of Yellow Man, one of his famous albums um, before Operation Radication. Um, he, uh, he's standing there with a blue top on, like a sports top. Um, you know, yeah. the experts will tell me which one that was. But, comment um, below, comment below. But, um, yeah, I used to pass by. I didn't know who he was, you know. Yeah. And I used to see, oh, who's Yellow Man? You know, because yeah, yeah. I, w- I went through my little reggae phase as well, you know. And I'm, I'm so... still dumbfounded that there was a record store <coughs> literally yeah. across the road from here. It's yeah. amazing. And even uh, going back to um, the early 70s, my first ever record, my dad took me down the road. This was um, 71. Mm-hmm. I was a little kid. And my dad, I was obsessed with um, the record Brown Sugar by yeah. the Rolling Stones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he took me. It felt like we were walking for like two days, you know. Um, and, uh, you know, because it it's only like a seven-minute walk, but when you're a kid, yeah, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and no skateboard, of course. What the hell am I doing walking? <laughs> no, skateboarding, that's another thing. Skateboarding <laughs> came later. But, um, but, yeah, he took me to buy this record and I found... What was it, on High Road or something? Like, no, 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 it was Wilson High Road. Wilson High Road. It. So there was, it was called Spin It Records eventually... But it had another name before, and I don't know the name. 71. It, 71. So, um, wow. And then my mother sent me down the road to buy Superstition, mm. Stevie Wonder. Mm. And I think she wrote it out on a bit of paper because oh I was six God. years old and probably didn't, wouldn't be able to say that word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or whatever. So she wrote it because we had a shop down the road, S&N Superstores. Yeah. It was my mum and dad's shop. Right. So she sent me, she said, right, I want you to buy this record, Superstition by Stevie Wonder. And praise God, I have both of those records still. Oh my you know? God, that's yeah! Good. I couldn't believe it. I, I couldn't believe when I found the Ronin, the the because I didn't know where I'd put it, and then I realised I bought like the record box I use all the time at the head nod. I'd put a, a bunch of seven inches in there, and I realised why I put them in there when I found them because they were the more valuable things. <gasps> so I found I found that that um, I found the brown sugar. And the superstitions there as well. Everything's there. All my mum's calypso records. Um, what? Everything, everything. You must have. A, hold on, dude. Right, just a sidetrack off because I'm going somewhere with this. You said on a number of occasions, I've mm-hmm. still got that. I've still mm-hmm. got that. Yeah, dude, your home must be like a, a, a hoarding sensation of like a treasure trove of street <laughs> culture. <laughs> it is pretty bad. Talk I mean, to me. What, you... What's it like? Is it, is it just stacked up with stuff? I mean, I can only imagine. I did, I did an advert this year. Um, Last year, sorry, uh, motorway commercial with Little Tim. Oh, wicked! We, we, got, we okay. got we got flown out to Romania, which was really dope. Um, but 
they, you know, really strict on the COVID thing, especially yeah. in the acting world. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, you have to have a COVID test mm -hmm. every, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. So this guy comes on a motorbike to, to, to test me for COVID, I think like three days before. And the first thing he says, goes, you got a lot of trainers. Because like, <laughs> like he didn't even come in the house. He's just looking. Well, you see the window? No, literally, as you open the door, there's just a wall of boxes. Um, there's a cupboard there with trainers, and then there's just a wall of blue boxes and various boxes. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's out of control. Um, is, there, is there a problem here? Do we have a, <laughs> is there something we're not we're not like diagnosing here? What's he literally? But got? I think oh, I think anyone who's into hip hop, of course, or, or who's a record collector, I think in the UK we're just hoarders. Do you know what it is yeah. as well? Is that I think if you're if you're ahead of the culture mm -hmm. and you're into hip hop or you're into whatever genre, it doesn't have to be one. Mm -hmm. But I mean, as you you won't be able to see it, people. But you know, in my, my studio here, we have nothing but just graffiti pieces and stuff that people have given me over the 400 plus episodes, you keep them out because you know your peers are going to, they, they they tip the hat to that sort of thing. It's like, yeah. it's not just you love it, you know other people love it. Yeah. It's that sort of mentality, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, people, anyone who come, comes to my house, they'll just know straight away what I'm into. You just tell me when. I'll bring the coffees this time. <laughs> boom, boom, let's get <laughs> any, in. Any time, Kel, <laughs> you know, My brother. Like, you know, you walk in and there's decks on the left and there's... DVDs really? just by the TV oh. or, or DVDs VHS. Then you go into the bedroom. There's there's a whole box, a whole wall of red, which is like Puma boxes. Then you got Converse on the right, and then you go in the kitchen. There's I've, I've really got to move these, but you know, <laughs> all my spray paint is there. In you the know, so uh, so yeah. Well, yeah, and we can get into the graph right now because just before we uh, we uh, pressed record. Um, you were telling me about, you know, the, the, your time in West London in the pit and, yeah. you know. I mean, I've not commit, I'm not, never committed to graph. Um, it's just been a piece here and a piece there. I think trying to balance everything, it's so hard yeah. and you can't. I mean, I still have, I have that old school mentality of, of doing everything or mm. at least trying everything. Mm. Um, but yeah, with graph, I mean, I'm trying to, 2023, I'm really going to try and, jump back on it pretty hard great you know because first of all i want to get rid of all that paint yeah yeah i've got so much paint uh, how much and, um, don't don't do not do, do not indulge in your address but <laughs> how much paint have you got no, no it's not that bad. is it ridiculous no is it's it? not ridiculous well it's, if you look what but the thing is it's taking up space in a small flat I see, yeah. you know and there's some in the shed as well so i just want to get rid of it all what, like, bunt lack and stuff like that or? No, not going far i could tell you a bunt lack story <laughs> bunt lack story let's go killer, killer bunt lack Unlucky like is a paint brand, by the way, for those outside yeah, of the UK. Yeah, let's, um, let's do it. it's uh, yeah, it's it's not that bad. It's probably about two hundred cans, something like 200? that. Two hundred, two hundred. That's not bad. That's not yeah, bad. So I right. know people with yeah, more with me, you know. Um, Big up pulse IOC. But I just yeah, pulse. <laughs> yeah, pulse. I could get into that as well. That's another pulse story. Yeah. Fumes jam. Oh um, no! Uh, uh, you were there at that that jam? Oh yeah, yeah. I was oh. there with my girlfriend at the time, Angela, and mate Dahlia, and uh, another guy called Soup. Mm. Um, Tobias, I used to roll with. Um, anyway, let's go to the fun <laughs> <black> story. <laughs> yeah, run that first. Go uh, I think when I first. When I first was trying a piece, um, I had a, again going back to the anxiety illness. I had a bit of a late starting graph. Mm -hmm. I didn't start in '83 like a lot of people did. I touched the spray can for the first time at the Shaw Theatre 
when Brim was teaching. Wow. Yeah, so if you look at the bombing documentary, there's a blue Brim piece when he's yes. doing the workshops. There's actually, I mean, I would have to show it to you because it's so kind of small and grainy, but there's a bit where they go, they do a countdown in a TV studio and then they go on to these, yeah. um, they go on to these monitors uh -huh. and you can literally see Brim showing me what to do. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, he, wow. so the, the, the blue piece in there, the Brim piece, I worked on the blue, you know, he told, he is very strict and he showed us exactly where to paint to, Incredible. to fill in. So, um, yeah, um, that, that was my first time touching paint. It was car plan blue. I remember it was car plan. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I, I was so ill with the anxiety mm. that I didn't really do anything until I think my first piece was 89. Well, that late. Yeah, and it was actually in Aylstone, uh, which is now QPCS, just over there. Okay. Because we lived we lived on Mount Pleasant Road. Yes. And so, I grew up in those fields. Right. Everything got up to all kinds of mischief <laughs> there, um, and I began my graph on that school. No way. <laughs> on that school, I used to paint there. So, um, wow. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I did this piece. If I think it was January of '89. And um, I did a piece called Study Hard. I thought I'd leave mm. a positive message yeah, yeah. for the kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Might stay up longer as yeah. well, to be fair. And it stayed there for years. Yeah, I bet. It stayed there for years. I didn't touch it. I did it over two nights. I didn't really know what I was doing. Like, it was a brick wall. I didn't yeah, even, yeah. you know, you weren't priming back no, then or no, nothing. No, no, no. So it just came, and it actually came out all right. Yeah, yeah. I remember spending two nights there. And, um, and then I went back to do another piece. I think it was 94 um, there. Mm hmm. And my boy, Tony, uh, Tony, I grew up with, Tony Turner, he used to work for London Graphics. So he... Uh oh, there's the entry hole there, right there. There's, <laughs> there's, there's where the problem in... Yeah. One day I came downstairs. <laughs> One day I came downstairs and um, I just saw these two... We had a piano because yeah. um, my, my mother made me and my brother play the piano when we were kids, and oh, awesome. so we had to we had to learn to play the piano, which yeah. is nice. Yeah, as lovely. Well. Yeah. But we had a very strict teacher. Anyway, I'll, that's another story. But there, there's two bags just full of buntlack. Oh my god! I was, I was just dumbfounded. So yeah. I, I worked it all out, and I rang Tony, and he said, "Yeah, I just cleared those out for you." Oh my! <laughs> so what uh, a blessing. So uh, so basically, um, I felt quite guilty. You know, because I'd, you know, I'd given my life to God. I'd just become a Christian at mm. that point. Mm. And I felt quite guilty accepting it, but I kind of just did at the time. Mm. You know, it was just there and I was like, oh, whatever. So mm. so um, I went to do a piece. Well, it had to be positive, I, didn't it? So it's a positive piece, right? Yeah, I did a piece. I went back and I did a piece in Elstone. Mm -hmm. And I was, uh, it just didn't come out nice. I was using the buntlack mm. and it just came out whack. And I just, and I, I just... I just left it, mm. you know, I was still learning at that time. Mm. And, um, but then I went and did another piece down in Mint Street and I used the Buntlack and this came out really nice. Nice. And, um, and basically uh, what I left the paint there and then lo and behold, someone came and stole it. Oh, shit. <laughs> One day we'll get this podcast out. It'd be, it'd be Rich and Rage or Foam or someone, and they'll just be like, yeah, we found this bag of paint. Just <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the they, have this, they have this Trinidadian saying. Yeah, mm. I'm half Trinidadian mm -hmm. on my mother's side. They have a Trinidadian saying, teeth from a teeth make God laugh. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so that, that, that popped into my head at the time. 
Um, but yeah, you know, uh, yeah, that's my little Buntlack story. But I did pull out a piece with it, you know, the Mint Street piece. I'm going to need to dig that photo up. Mm. Going back to that wall, I messed up. Mm. I went back there in 94 and I was going through some major stuff. Um, and I just went out on a bender one night. I just went out and it was cold as hell. Mm. And I started to do this piece. Um, I think it was a Zia piece. And I couldn't even, back then I was, you know, I was a toy, I was learning. I couldn't even outline properly. And accidentally I learned the, te- the, the cutting back technique because that's how I outlined my piece. Yeah, yeah. Because I couldn't really figure it out. It wasn't thing yeah. with caps. And, yeah. you know, it wasn't like now where you could buy whatever you want and make it do whatever you want. You know, you can't, you can, you can. Well, there's a technique you can watch on Instagram yeah, or whatever. Yeah, or yeah. You, yeah, you can't watch, you know, you can watch stuff on YouTube. Mm. You can watch how things, things are done now, mm. you know. Um, but yeah, so I was, you know, you had to figure things out mm-hmm. back then. But yeah, this, uh, I did this Zia piece. I dedicated it to my then girlfriend and my boy, um, uh, my, my friend Theo as well. And they left it there. And, and the only reason that I did that piece was because you could see it from my window, from my bedroom window oh, in so Mount Pleasant Road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I used to get up every morning and just mm. look at it. You know what I mean? And it, they, they obviously liked it. Mm. Even though it's totally illegal and it's on a school wall, mm. they left it there, and it, and I used to have recurring dreams. It was getting painted. Yeah, yeah. Painted. You could always wake up and see it in a different state. And yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I used to get, I used to keep dreaming that it was getting painted over, but eventually they had to get rid of it because I think they changed the whole structure of the building. Mm. But they left it there, so I was pretty chuffed at that. But um, yeah, I'll tell you the fume story. So uh, yeah, I went to fumes. I think it was the first fumes in '94. And uh, yeah, it traipsed all the way to Nottingham, mm. and it's so it's so interesting. It was National Express. I went, like I said, I went with my then girlfriend and her mate and uh, Soup as well. And um, it's funny because I always think about that because I sort of went there and I didn't really know anybody, mm. and I've pretty much ended up being friends or knowing everybody That's there now. Yeah. You know, like yeah. everyone from Kilo to Euro. Mm. All the people that were painting their prime. Um, big up Euro as well, because he don't get enough shout on a big shout. Yeah, to Euro. Euro. So yeah. much, such an influence on the scene, yeah. DJing as well, especially. Yeah. Yeah. So Euro, uh, prime, Croc, Score. Croc. Um, solo. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. We got Solo. Cra- I remember Craze from ILC. I was because I was after that yeah, elusive yeah. thin line at that mm-hmm. point outline mm-hmm. line. You know, I was trying to learn. You know, I remember um, Solo was doing this piece. And he had a Jesus character and he was showing me with high coat, you know, mm-hmm, how mm-hmm. to outline with, with, you know, he was saying, yeah, I just use these, you know. Um, wow. And uh, yeah, I'll have to put all those pictures up because I've got pictures of that. I remember I remember Prime. Prime was doing a piece called Hall and Pull Up and it was dark by now, hmm. you know, because I think this thing went over two days. So right. me and me and we just went up there for the Saturday and... Um, we just went up there for the Saturday and stayed till Saturday night late mm-hmm. and then got like an early National Express yeah. coach to go back. Um, but yeah, I remember Prime was using the stencil technique, um, you know, where you take out the um, thing off the cap and you, you make a hole in it and it gives you a really tiny thin line, but you spill loads of paint in the yeah, process. right, got you. So, I, you know, I started to use I remember going up to him and I said, what are you doing there? And he just looked at me and he went, innovation, my man. Yeah. <laughs> Big up Prime, come on, man. Yeah, Prime, man, what a Love beast, man. It. Yeah, One yeah, of yeah. my big influences, yeah, man. Yeah. That guy's pieces were 
unreal. Epic. Yeah. yeah, yeah so uh, yeah, I've I've literally got a picture of him sitting on the floor and he's just doing this, you know. And oh, um, wow. Yeah, fumes, man. And again, even even with the dancing, let me tell you how important that jam was, mm. because um, at one point, I think it was about eleven o'clock at night or something, out of nowhere, this b-boy circle just busted out. Oh, I love now those you, ones. Now you've got to bear in mind, I haven't done this in since '85. Yeah, at that point, mm. I'd stopped in '85 because mm. of the the anxiety on yeah, this, yeah. and I really, I was going to jams, but. The lights were on, no, nobody was home kind yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah, you. you. know? Um, so I was just excited, man. I was excited. And I jumped in. And it felt like I'd come back to life, really. Oh, my. It felt so like that I'd... was like a definitive moment of... Definitely, because... Wow. At that point, I had no... At that point, I had no idea that people were really still doing this. You know, later on, I found out about Second yeah. to None, about Tough Tim, rock, UK Rocksteady. Lift break. In fact, I remember... Um, I remember the the, the hip hop connection, mm -hmm. the hip hop connection with um, Tough Tim. Yeah, I yeah, remember this. Went, one. And it and it and yeah. it was like it was kind of almost sarcastic. Uh, on the cover, it said "Break Dancing Lives!" Exclam yeah. Exclamation yeah. mark. But I just remember I remember seeing that and thinking, "Wow, people are still doing this!" Mm -hmm. You know, I was shocked because nobody was really doing it in London. No. You know, it was happening everywhere else. Yeah, Bournemouth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I, I wanted to jump on it then, but I think I was trying to sort out so much else in my life. I was doing my psychology degree and, you know, I was still working in my dad's bakery. We had a West Indian bakery yeah. to supply all over, hence why I used to end up in the pit. Really? On, on Tuesdays and Fridays, because it was through deliveries. You said, so, sorry, finish off with mm -hmm. the few uh, Pulse yeah, stories, so, 100%, because so, I want to get into the pit as well. Yeah, so um, basically, um, yeah, this circle busted out. And honestly, man, I, I was just buzzing. <laughs> I was buzzing. You know, I wasn't even dressed for breaking. I was doing these green dungarees mm -hmm. back in the day. It was like the soul and R&B fashion mm -hmm. with the dungarees. Mm -hmm. Even if you see pictures of Rocksteady yeah. in the early 90s, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, rocking the yeah, dungarees. Yeah. Big thing I fuck with the dungarees still. Yeah, I'm yeah, 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 dungarees. No problems. Cool, man. Yeah. In fact, I, try, I was trying to put them in the clothing bin the other day. I, just I can't do it, I can't man. do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. They don't fit me. I ain't getting back into those, <laughs> you know, in a hurry. But I couldn't, I couldn't... Um, yeah, you know, I just could not throw them away. Again, memories, mm -hmm. like I was saying about the records, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, that was such an important jam because also Pulse, he sold me these two, he sold me this videotape and it had um, it had Henry Chalfont's, um, what's that thing called? All City? Mm -hmm. But they got the 20-minute version mm. that's on, they got the 20-minute version that's on thing, but I've got the hour version. <gasps> There's like a whole version Stop with a load it. of stuff. Really? And then at the end, you of, have that? Yeah, I have. I have the original. I don't, I'm not sure if it's as long as an hour, but it's definitely. I think what I think he, what he did was the right thing. He cut it down to to. He made it more concise, but and better because a lot of it was just. Um, it was just footage of these guys kind of practicing in, in 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 this gym, you know. So he's included a bit of that on the twenty minute version, wow. but on the one hour version, there's got loads of these guys dancing, and they they were okay, but they weren't on Rocksteady's. Um, right. They weren't on Rocksteady's level or who we were looking at yeah. back then. So on they, reflection, it was a bit. Yeah, but, so, but you had this. You got so this. I've got this, and it's got Forbidden Rebels on it afterwards, which is again one of these real underground graph documentaries uh, it's about 20 minutes long it's got sharp painting in the tunnels it's got there's 
um, rest in peace. It's got G-Man on there and um, who else has got on there? Um, yeah, I think it's mainly those three. I can't remember who else. Sharp and Delta are definitely on there. And they're literally painting in a tunnel and they've got this... Um, They've got these one of these work lights on, or they've got yeah. something like yeah. a, a thing on their head, yeah, yeah, yeah. which is showing them what they're doing. On Dude, that is yeah. incredible. Yeah, big up so, Pulse, um, man. Big up Pulse. He's yeah, a, he's and a, he, and he's he a story, me, man. Yeah, Pulse. He showed me. Um, he was showing me Mad Black books as well. So that's how I learned a lot about TMB as well. Yeah, you know, like yeah. he was showing me. You know, he was telling me who was who because I didn't really know at that time. You know, Saar and all these people sat. And um, he, yeah, he had black books yeah, full yeah, up yeah, and he yeah, was yeah. just showing me yeah. all this stuff. He is a historian and yeah. he's lived it. He's, yeah. he's gone to New York, he's, done, he's yeah. lived out there for 10 plus years, painting yeah. trains and yeah. living with Is The Wiz and, yeah. you know, British guy from Nottingham and, and giving, always giving, like, like contrary to the, to, the, to the rock star nature of the man, he's, he's, he, he, he wants to, he passes information on, like, if, yeah. if you're trusted, he'll, he'll give you the world, man. Yeah, he did um, him and Bunny Bread. Yeah, um, big up him, Bunny. Yeah, Bunny, State of Art. He did, um, he, they did a, an event, yeah. I think it was about two years ago, yeah. and they had, it was Pulse. Yes. Um, South Kilburn, wasn't it? Yeah, it was yeah, Pulse, yeah. Um, Bunny and Ree. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So still, bits that. are still up there. It's hmm? still, the, the, the pieces are still up there mm -hmm. in South Kilburn. I mean, about them yeah. not South Kilburn yeah. down. Yeah, but they did actually, um, they, um, Bunny had some technical problems. They couldn't show everything, but they showed a little short film yeah. with Pulse and then they showed, they tried to show something else, but they had some technical issues. But it was cool, oh, man. Oh, man. Mad These are heroes. Them. These are dons. These are, you know, yeah. like yourself, people that were there and moving and shaking that helped to create what is now definably the... the, the Mixed genres of street culture there is now. Without yeah. without you guys, there would be no, you know, there'd be no UK hip hop to be no drum and bass to be no yeah. Yeah. garage and yeah. grime. It's you know these these things yeah, are fault lines. Yeah. They're all fault lines. Aren't yeah, they? you know, I, I mean, I you know, I try and teach people like if if they're into grime or or into more modern day stuff, you know, they they mm. need to recognise where it came from. Doesn't matter, you know, you know. Um, but yeah, that that going back to that fumes jam, it was an important thing. And then, you know, I met Born to Rock, what, six months later? Yeah. I, I, again, Bunny Bread, you know, he threw a jam, Alter the New. Alter Bunny, the Bunny's New. Airheads crew, you know, yeah. we do. Yeah, Alter oh, the New. And I didn't realise he was state of art at the time, mm. state of art at the time. So, um, <laughs> you know, and this was mm. the 30th of March, 1995. Mm. Wow. And I remember because it was on the flyer. And maybe I'm blessed with a, a photographic memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, and funny enough, again, going back, it kind of had a connection to the Fumes Jam because um, I was there with the same guy I mentioned earlier, Soup, mm. and there was another guy from... Because I was going... I was studying my psychology degree at the time, uh -huh. and um, there was another guy, and I can't remember his name, but three of us went down there. And uh, we're just sitting there having a drink, whatever, mm. eating some peanuts. <laughs> and um, they were showing Wildstyle. I think that was uh, that was a big pull for me as well because mm. it said older than you and it had fat laces on the thing. You know, one picture of some <laughs> fat laces. And I'm like, what? I'm going to go to this. <laughs> so I went there. And as I walked in, actually, I saw Scam. And I recognised Scam from back in the day, even though I didn't know him. Big up Scam. Yeah, Scam. I remember seeing Scam. He was, like, doing a bit of dancing, but not breaking. He was just, you know... He's um, a beast on all levels of yeah, of, yeah, yeah. of, of the yeah. art forms. Yeah, so I, I saw Scam. I was like, "That's that guy from Crew, isn't it?" You know, mm. like big you know. Crew. So um, I, I I went in there, and then I see these three guys walk in, and um, and I'm looking at the third guy, 
And I realised it was Sept, Sept 148, nice. who was at the, at the Fumes Jam and finished his piece well quick. Mad. And another thing that I remember, he was wearing the Ill um, Pumas, mm -hmm. you know. Like, I hadn't even started my Puma collection back then, you know. But he, he, he was wearing these really nice Pumas, brave to be painting in them yeah, things, yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah he, uh, I recognised him and I was like, that's that guy from Fumes, isn't it? And then all of a sudden, these guys just went down they went they got on the i think they were on the stage or in the front yeah and they just went off and i just jumped out of my chair and i just edged up to the side and I, uh, some guy was standing next to me watching them and i went who are those guys who are those guys they went and the guy said to me they're born to rock from bournemouth yeah and um oh god that's good and that was it and then what happened is they went off and then they started showing the film they started to show the film, to so watch the film. Then the music started off again. Mm. So um, there was a guy, um, again, the guys born to write, it was Spencer and Charlie. Mm -hmm. um, they were going off. And then uh, there was like an American guy there. And I think he saw me just doing a few moves popping or something. Yeah, like you were itching. You were I was itching. Yeah. And, and the thing is, I had gone to the DMC a month before when I got handed this flyer. So I had this idea. I had this idea why don't I start practising yeah. again? So I, even though... So were they breaking dancing at the DMC as well? Hmm? They break dancing there wasn't, there wasn't DMC, any... DMC, the DJ Mixing Championships. Yeah, yeah. So it was all first rate and them guys, they entered. Yeah. And, um... First rate would always throw down, DJ first rate would always throw down a, a window, yeah, wouldn't he, as yeah. he's DJing and shit. Just, That's yeah, incredible. Yeah. Big up, Paul. Yeah, so, um, so first rate was there. I can't remember, you know, how that all went, but... Anyway, yeah, sorry, I'm done. Yeah, understand. I just remember coming out and they handed me this flyer yeah. and I was like... I should start practicing. I don't oh know why God. I just thought that. But um So is that how you got into Born to Rock? Was that a good thing? Well, mean? yeah. I mean, basically what happened was as I said, I practiced a little bit. I used to sneak into this room in uni. There was a room where there was nobody there. Mm. And I just started to practice a little bit. And then I went to this jam and um as they were dancing after they showed Wildstar, you know, you can imagine mm. Wildstar gets mm. you fired up as yeah, well. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. I literally watched it last week. I yeah. must have seen it. I can't, I can't yeah. tell you how many times I've seen it, but I've periodically got to watch it yeah. all the time. Uh -huh. And, um, and uh, yeah, so we were dancing, then this guy saw me, and I think I was just doing a little bit of popping or something, but, you know, just messing around. And this guy's like, can you pop? Can you pop? You know, and then... I was shy to go in. I was shy, you know, because I didn't, you know, it's, it's a cypher, man, you know. So, and, you know, it's a scary place to dance. But he went in and it was okay. But then I went in and, and you're like, I've not got this. I just got, a, I just got a huge response and it just was like a rush, Yeah. you know, because I'd never really, i never really experienced that. It's incredible. You know, well, I had danced before yeah. and got props, but... Not on that le level. level, you know. And they, they yeah. literally asked me to join their crew. Really? Yeah, I started to... Um, there and then? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Because I remember them writing... <laughs> That's a dream, isn't it? That's a dream. I, I remember it was in Red Biro. Mm. Uh, and um, they wrote their names, Suspense. They wrote their phone numbers. Um, Spencer was Suspense and uh, Charlie was Fluency back then. And I think it was written in Red Biro. And that was it, man. Born to rock. You missed his fucking history. Yeah, I joined, I joined them then, and then we went to Flavor of the Month the following. Yeah. The following. Um, yeah, big up two seven nine. Yeah, numbers, yeah, man. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And also, while we're on the subject, because because I'm so glad we got that out of the way, because mm -hmm. I was like, dude, Born to Rock to me is just like. It's just, I mean, you know, my timeline is significantly different from my age, but, you know, the, you know, I I remember seeing Scarecrows, Born to Rock, yeah. Live to Break. Yeah. Um, 
Sin Stars. Um, I mean, you name it. You, you name it. Dolby. You know, and, and no, yeah, this is what I'm coming to, by the way. Uh, the last time I saw you um, jumping out and um, moving and shaking was Colt 45's party oh, yeah. last year. <laughs> big up Colt 45, Colt big up 45. Dolby, big up all the crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what it is. Um, because... Uh, it was just, it was just. I think that was what spurred me to want to have you on the show because I was just like, dude, like, I still fucking got it, bro. Like, he still got it. <laughs> Thank you, bro. I mean, it's just a love, isn't it, Kel? Yeah. You know, it's just a love. It's yeah. like, um, I've been through so much with it. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's taken me to the edge of my sanity at times. Mm. You know, like I talked about the early, um, you know, the early eighties and and, mm. and getting ill with the anxiety mm-hmm. and depression. But, um, and that wiped out breaking for me the first time. You know, it was kind of done. I was kind of done by 84, which is very early. Because yeah, people is, yeah. started to really drop off or diversify into freestyle around 86, yeah. 87. Yeah. I remember going to see Schoolie D in 87 um, at, uh, was this the Marquee? It, this the Marquee in Tottenham Court Road. It was a significant show for its time. Yeah, it was, it was Three Wise Men. It was Free Wise, uh, sorry, it was um, Schoolie D, Free Wise Men and Cookie Crew. Wow. And Westwood was hosting it. And they were all just doing the WAP. Mm. They were all just doing it. Later on, I saw Purvez there mm. and I, I heard he was Big breaking in the corner, but yeah. I didn't see that. I think he was there with Sifo, rest in peace. Wow. Um, but really, nobody, by then, nobody was breaking anymore. You know what I mean? So yeah. people, people kind of stopped in 87, yeah. but I was done by 84. Because I was just trying to survive. Yeah. You know, I was just trying to, you know, I was just trying to survive. It was, I was in mental hell at that point, mm. you know. Um, and so it, it was, you know, I lost it then. And then even in going into the 90s, um, early 98, I injured my back quite seriously. No, this was and, an, another significant... Yeah. This was a consideration for its time. I remember you very much explicitly telling people, you know, oh, fuck off. Don't know what's going to happen. Well, the thing is, I was younger, and I think, and especially coming out of drama school as well yeah. in two thousand and one, yeah. I was already losing work, you yeah. know, because I I was in pain yeah. a lot of the time. You know, I'd have these spasms, I'd have these spasms, and my back would get twisted yeah. up, and you know, I couldn't even sit on the thing for 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 on a sofa or lie in the bed or whatever, because it was, you know, it would. Or you, you'd be okay, but you're, when you got up to get up again, you, you know, you could yeah. struggling to walk. We've all been there one form or another, but this is quite extreme, yeah. wasn't it? and mm. so I would say from Very 98 rare. probably till 2013, I had such a struggle with that, man, you know. Yeah. And praise God, man, a lot yeah. of prayer, a lot yeah. of laying on of hands, a lot of fasting, yeah. a lot of, you know, things in church really helped me. It's fantastic. You know, and praise God, I'm, I'm where I am yeah, now. I feel like I'm back to 98 now before it happened. Do you hear that, people? Yeah. My guy's back to 98 in this year. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking great. Because that was... I mean, I'd gone to I'd gone to Austria and Germany with Spence mm-hmm. and um, and Touche. Um, oh, hold tight, Touche. Born to rock, yeah. OG man. The yeah, Puma, big time. The, the Puma Savannah King. Yeah, yeah. Man, oh boy, I'll so get hey, into man, that in a minute. A but yeah, yeah. Um, we went to it was such a bizarre trip. It was at MTV. It was their snowball tour. Oh yeah, and. I think mean, we got paid like 350 quid for the whole thing, but we were just happy. Buzzing. We were, we were going, and the mad thing was, Kel, we were, we were living, I kid you not, we lived on a bus. 
we lived on a we lived on a bus okay <laughs> for about 10 days and when i came back into normal life my whole conception of space had yeah, changed you're agoraphobic all of a sudden yeah i was living in a corridor you know and and that was so crazy well, like even a girl that i'd kind of been seeing or in um she had come and stayed at the international student mm. student's house she came to see me with her friend and stayed one night on this bus and then went back home. oh god this was in germany boy sweat fest it, in germany it was it Jesus. was the craziest thing right. because um oh the driver was just moody as hell because the thing was he'd gone to the wrong oberstorf he went to the wrong i kid you not you couldn't make this up he went to the wrong country first stop he what went, he went to he went to Oberstdorf in Austria, but there's one in Germany, and I think one's got a T and one hasn't got. <laughs> I have in my, so my life. My man was vexed. We I got there life, late. I've never heard that yeah, in yeah, my we life. Got, we left on a Friday night. I remember that so well. But we went to. Um, he went to the wrong place, and we had to drive all the way back. So we got to this thing, and then I'm warming up. Um, we're getting ready. Me, Spence, and and Sean are getting ready to do this. Um, to do you know perform and that i forget the name of the group we were with there as well but as we were i was moving some tables and then all of a sudden i just felt my back go because at the time i was learning i was getting more heavily into breaking yeah. and i was starting to really develop <sighs> and i was um horrible learning tracks i think they call them yeah. grubs as well um just ignore it to begin and, with and, and just yeah i was it was just a twinge yeah. and you know you you especially as us as men yeah. You know, you know, you don't take pain seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what's that? Well, you yeah. know, just brush that off your And there's shoulder. a doctor's? There's a thing yeah. for that? Yeah, 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 exactly, <laughs> exactly. So we were um, warming up and I was moving tables and these tables were quite heavy. I was trying to help them out. I was thinking I shouldn't be doing yeah, this yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. And then I just remember in the middle of the show, I went, my back just went and I went to do some footwork on the floor and it's like my legs wouldn't work. It was just crazy, you know. And I got worried, but again, you're just not you're just not that bothered about it, you know. Like you know, you sort of thought, okay, whatever. A couple of days, I'll be okay. And then the thing was, we got offered free snowboarding to go snowboard, so we all went to the thing. And within half an hour, I just had to stop because yeah. you know, obviously, when you're learning something, you're just falling all over the place. Yeah. You know, um, and I used to skateboard as well, yeah. so I kind of had a bit of an advantage. But no, nah, man, I was just wiping out, and I just had to stop and leave everybody to it. And yeah, that 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 just haunted me for years, you know. And it wasn't till about 2013, um, about 2013, I I um I started to feel. I remember I booked this job, this dance job for this film called Holiday, something like Holiday, and I was with a bunch of dancers as well. And there was a lot of there was a lot of downtime on mm. this thing, as there are on film sets. Mm. And so I just would practice, you know what I mean? And almost I, like rehabilitate yourself in a yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, I just felt like. You know, mm. you know, thank God I just felt like I was getting back to normal again, you know. And since then it's been good. Yeah, thank God. Back Praise to... God, man. You know, it's uh, just been wow. it's been a lot better. Mm. Um it's it's not perfect. I've got to watch impact. Because mm. even going back to, to then, I was doing gymnastics back then. I was mm. trying to learn backflips, I wanted to get flares, I yeah, wanted yeah. to get everything. Um and the first thing that had to go was the gymnastics. Yeah, yeah, you know, you course. can't be doing no flipping thing with, with no um, displaced discs, bulging discs. You can't be doing no backflips, man. So even last night in the gym, I was doing box fit. And, you know, this, uh, the teacher, Alistair, the instructor, we had to jump over these boxes. Mm. And I could literally feel, even now, 
you know, jumping is just not something to do. Mm. I mean, I kind of save it for dancing. Yeah, I feel And you. I will do it. I'm, I'm off to mindset. Just hold that reserve back. Yeah, hold know. that reserve back. But, you know, there's also something, sorry to cut you short, but there's also this thing, you know, like Tony Iommi on, from Black Sabbath with his fingers cut off. And sometimes you can, this is an optimistic point of view, of course, you understand, but it's this idea of, like, with restrictions comes more creativity. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. I mean, I've, see, I've seen so many people that have inspired Junior. Me. Yeah, Junior, Junior with his polio. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a good example. Incredible. And then you've got Ill Abilities. I don't know if you know Ill Abilities. Yeah, I think you've maxed you personally. When I think of you, it's your signature. These are, these are, this is, I can, I can imagine your silhouette, bro. Like, it's the, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And when you come on, it's like you put all of your emphasis on the things that you are about. Mm. Oh, it's mm. fucking fantastic. Mm, thank you, bro. Stare. Yeah, but you know, it's like, um, Illabilities, I saw Illabilities at Breaking Convention a few years ago. Now, Illabilities, every one of them's got some something wrong, seriously wrong. Mm. And even Cujo's in that crew mm -hmm, as well, Soul mm -hmm, Control, mm -hmm, Cujo. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't realise he was deaf. Wow. Yeah, he's deaf. What? And, um, and so they've all got a disability. Incredible. They had one guy, I think he had no legs mm. or whatever. And, and I remember him getting around on a skateboard mm. yeah. later on in the night. Yeah. Um, That's so sick. Yeah. Wow, and I'll never forget seeing that. I just mm. thought, you know what? You ain't got any excuses. No now. excuses. You've got no excuses. You know, and you do get these. I mean, obviously with YouTube, YouTube is, is a blessing in this mm. respect. You know, you, you, you do see so many people that are just... Carrying on no matter what, you get some real guy. Pioneers, man. You'll get some guy in a high level competition who's gone yeah. out there with one leg. That's the real and, pioneers, and just, bro. And just you know using whatever you got. You know, I think it again. It goes down to the love, Kel. Yeah. You know, you, if you love it, you will find a way to do it. And I think it's the love that's kept me going. You know, because mm. I mean, it's such a, a blessing in my life. Mm. You know, this thing literally took over my soul. In I remember so well back in 1982 when hip hop. Came. Like I said, uh, the dancing started from probably 77, 78. And, you know, we, I was a soul boy, mm. you know. But when hip-hop came... Changed everything. Well, first of all, Jeffrey Daniel, mm -hmm. on, on my boy Jeffrey Daniel. Okay. Um, when he came on top of the pops, mm. you know, that was a massive deal. Anybody who pops from my generation will tell you the mm -hmm. effect that had. Uh, but then I saw, I saw Buffalo Girls in November of 82. And... Um, yeah, people, Basically, yeah, like, people sign this as being a, a yeah, significant thing. When yeah, I yeah. saw Buffalo Girls, I went to. I grew up with a guy called Vishnu, um, oh. Vishnu and his sister Vashti, and um, basically, uh, he he did the same thing. We all used to do the same thing back then. We would always have the video. We would always have the video ready just in case yeah. something came on. The pause, unpause, yeah. at the yeah. poise that are ready. Yeah, and so thing was. I'd gone to his house one Friday night. He goes, right, watch this video. You're going to see some dancing you will not believe. Yeah? Just said it like that. And I watched it and I was blown away. I said, yo, you've got to lend me this. And I just took it home. I'm watching this thing, watching this thing. And the thing that really stood out was Buck Four. When Buck Four was doing his footwork. And it just was the maddest thing. Like yeah. you thought you saw illusions when you saw Poppin'. Yeah. But when I saw this guy and he's about this high off the floor and he's going round and his legs are flying round. Mm. His legs are flying round. I couldn't compute yeah. it what it yeah. was, you know. It's amazing what gets you off as a kid just stays with you for the yeah. rest of your life, isn't it? And to this day, that's yeah. the most iconic image, rest in peace, Buck Four. But when 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 I when I when I saw that, it blew my head off. And then the thing was, Kel, I, I had read this article 
probably two weeks before in a magazine called Black Music Magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, they had Blues and Sold Out Black Music mm-hmm. Magazine. And um, I think they were like sister magazines or whatever. Right. But somebody had written an article on hip hop, yeah? And um, they had mentioned these people called the Rocksteady Crew. Mm-hmm. And they literally named them all, you know, Take One, Ken Swift, mm-hmm. um, Frosty Freeze, mm-hmm. Crazy Legs. And um, they, they went through all these names and, and they were describing. And then it said, uh, Crazy Legs and Frosty Freeze start to dance in pairs. Um, doing what looks like kung fu. So in your head, later on, you're like, okay, they were up rocking, you know, whatever. Wow, but that's Um, enough to make your mind... Yeah, and so this person, Marla Halusa, her name was, wrote the article. And so when I saw the video that Vishnu lent me, I suddenly caught on the back of their shirts, Rocksteady Crew, because at the end of the video, they were wearing red T-shirts and had Rocksteady Crew on the back. I was like, so it all started to link up now. Like, these are the people I was reading about. That's incredible. You know? And um about a final destination, like yeah, yeah. just going back to the love of it all. It's like yeah. when things suddenly come into you into, or, yeah. into your or space even, like that. Even a year before I was in Trinidad. Yeah. I went to Trinidad um in nineteen eighty one and my aunt had a record shop, Ibrahim's record shop. Um and basically, I mean I should you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Mm. But, you know, when they closed that record shop down, which they did in Yeah, I should have, I should have. And I first heard Grandmaster Flash on the wheels of steel in there, yeah? And I heard, um, that was the first time I heard Mm. that. And I thought, why is that scratching sound on there? They must have done that with a synthesizer or whatever. I had no concept of the fact that somebody was actually doing that on turntables. Because you just, I um, I think on the Scratch documentary... Um, I forget which DJ it was, um, but he said, you know, you put you put a record on and you leave it. You know, you don't touch it. Yeah, that's you know? And I know Grandmaster Flash yeah. used to get a lot of heat when he first started to mm. do all that because, you know, people people consider vinyl sacred, which yeah, yeah. it is, yeah. you know. But, um, yeah, I had no concept of the fact that somebody it. would do this. Yeah. So I heard this. And then a, a year later, this guy called Raju passed away. He, he played me, he said, listen to this record. I'm like, yeah, I heard this a year ago. I heard this in Trinidad, you know. Um, wow. you were like, or even, yeah. even a record that I play at the chip shop. I got it off Rob Life, DJ Rob Life. He, he, he was selling it for like a pound because it was all kind of messed up. It was Tanner Gardner, um, Heartbeat. Wow. Yeah? And and he, he said, Z, just take it, you know. You want to give, I was going to give him a yeah, coin yeah, yeah, yeah. for it. He's just to take it. And it plays perfectly. I played it in the last chip shop session. Um... And um, I remember that my aunt got all those, she got Tanner Gardner, she got the record, but they were all warped. And it was on that grey West End label right. and she had to send them back. <laughs> I always remember that, you know, so um, that record shop as well. And also I met, there was a record shop next to it called Reiner's Records Shop. I know Prone goes digging there as well. Really? You know, he's got a big little up Trini- Prone, by the way, yeah, old time. Prone, big yeah, up Prone, man. And Pro, Prone, Prone's literally posted pictures of him digging in there because he, he got to know the owner and he's downstairs in the base, basement. But I met the Brothers Johnson in there. Really? They came to Trinidad. And, and again, my photography Brothers game Johnson. wasn't... Wow. I had my camera, but I didn't have it with me on that day. And so yeah. I met them and they were such lovely guys, very spiritual guys. And, and, and yeah, what a blessing. That was in 81, Dude, you know? your life is so blessed. I mean, as you can tell... With- with the conversations here, this, I mean, we'll have to do a part two at this rate. I mean, we're going to. We must. We, we stay in contact and, and, you know, watch the fruits of your creative labour come to come to life. Acting and 
It's just crazy the life you've had. It's crazy that you've yeah. everything. It's almost like forces have led you, in the, the spirit of hip hop, has led you to to this place you're at now. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think I think hip hop is is such a blessing, and it's it's um it's something that's just I take into every other area of my life. Mm. You know, like even acting. Acting, yeah. I was telling, you know, I mentioned about the um, the epic jam mm. where I did the Black Book Battle. Mm. And um, I was telling Pride that, and he was like, you know, I mean, first of all, he didn't know that I, you know, I did a bit of graph mm. and stuff. He, he knew me as a dancer. And um, I was actually saying to him that, you know, I take hip hop into acting. And he's like, how? How can you take hip hop into acting? And I was like, I don't know, you just, you go there with that b-boy mentality. Mm. You go... You go into um, you go into a jam. I'm sorry. You go into an audition with that kind of b-boy mentality, Attack. that battling mentality. Yeah. I, I think I remember I did a I did a commercial for um, for Virgin in 2014, mm-hmm. and I I got past the first round, and then we had to go back, and I had to be dressed in a suit and everything, and um, I remember I remember just being like, yeah, I've got to get this, man. Yeah. I've got to get this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Everybody could just go home. You know, you get into that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Head. And you, you know, and I got it. Thank God I got it. And um, and I, I think really I know. overheard, like, they auditioned, like, 900 people. Wow. And then they, I made it into the top 20. That's incredible. The 20 that actually got chosen. And then... Um, yeah, and then you, and then the next thing is you got to wait for the commercial yeah, to come out yeah. to see if you're featured because you ain't getting that nice. It's all nerve wracking, people. Yeah, Don't you, ever doubt you, that. You ain't, getting that. you ain't getting that nice money unless you <laughs> fucking nightmare. Unless isn't you, it? Um, unless you, um, you know, unless you're featured. Unless you're featured, you yeah, you've got to fight. You've got to fight because obviously that creates the catalogue that makes you, you know, the renowned go to, go to guy. And hip hop is the spiritual north star. Yeah, and the thing is, hip hop gives you. I mean. It gives you so much discipline as yeah, well. Yeah, it does. And I've always thought about this. Like, you you can really transfer it to the rest of your life. Yeah. Because as you know, you know, to be anybody in hip-hop, you've got to, you, you've got to be in the lab. You've got to put mm. in work, yeah. you know, and you've got to it's show and prove. It's the biggest piece of the puzzle. Yeah, it's show and prove. You, and you've got to put in a lot of work. Yeah. So I take that mentality into everything as a study you know like like you were saying about acting lines mm. earlier yeah, yeah you know like Still even, when I, there, even when i do <laughs> lines man you know i mean sometimes i look back on it and i'm like how did i learn 85 pages of conversational dialogue for a two-hour play how did i even do that you know but you just gotta you gotta put in that work man god that's know? inspiring you know Can we make him one moves in my head of when being an actor now. do it that's man amazing, do man. it do it hip-hop disciplines on the table and you just let it go and just yeah. take that, take advantage. Yeah. My brother, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. I can't tell you how fucking buzzed I am. And the fact that you're still out doing your thing, still practicing and and celebrating yeah. you know, time in hip hop and, and moving on into other pastures and whatnot. It's fantastic, brother. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you. It's been an absolute honour, pleasure, blessing, everything. <laughs> <My guy. laughs> And there you go, ladies and gentlemen, Killer Killer Podcast. Outlet in was out of fashion. Zia, born to rock inside the house. Uh, for more information, what to do, sharing is caring. Tell a friend to tell a friend and get on the, on the uh, socials, Instagrams, etc. Um, listen, crime don't pay, but neither do they, all right? Don't talk to anyone I wouldn't, and you stay fucking lucky. Nice one, Zia. Take care, people. Peace. Peace.